Welcome to Come Capers! Com Capers is a podcast that highlights tales of brand essence escapades, content shenanigans, and technology troublemaking experienced during decades of marketing communications and corporate design. Each episode, Carrie and Rebecca will share how they've overcome these hijinks and learned to laugh and stay sane in the face of corporate funny business. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Carrie. Today we're going to be talking about what happens when you hit a bump in your career path, or suddenly maybe you wake up and realize that you aren't where you thought you'd be. Rebecca and I were chatting at lunch one day about how we both felt like we were at a career crossroads, because both of us have recently gone through some pretty huge work transitions. And I don't know about Rebecca, but I would definitely say that I've been struggling with how to take the next step, what direction to go, and I'm even struggling trying to decide what excites me when it comes to deciding what work I want to do next. I've been spending all my time thinking about good names for this episode. Okay, are you ready? Are you ready? Uh, okay. All right. Say, unemployment, uncut, <laughs> sure. life, unchained. <laughs> Rebecca and Carrie, stick it to the man. Decisions, decisions. What do I want to be when I grow up? <laughs> and of course, my favorite. Cats are better than people. <laughs> are you done? I suppose. <laughs> so, so the first question, <laughs> cats are better than people. Um, so the first question, how we got here? Well, sometimes when two people love each other very what, much. What, what, what does that have to do with? Creative crossroads? Oh, creative, not creation. Um, okay, got it. Why don't you go first? All right, so. You wanted a call. I know, I know, okay, I you know. know, what you I know. All right, all right. So, the first thing is that both Rebecca and I are currently jobless for different reasons. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. I was laid off from the company that I worked for for 11 years. Mm -hmm. And Rebecca. I decided to stick it to the man. Well, she, she, and I, she. I actually resigned. So, and the company that we've been working for together had gone through a lot of changes over the last five years. Uh, lots of management changeovers, lots of CEO changes and board changes and company direction changes. And so it had been a long, long road. And, and so I've been asking myself a lot of questions about what happened and how did I get to this point where I'm not sure what I want to do next. And I think... Part of it is that I spent the last 11 years doing something I love with people that I love, supporting a company that I really believed in. And I was waiting and hoping for that company to grow to the point where I could grow in my career and obviously grow upwards, like, yeah, no, no, up, you know, no, no, to no, the no, next step no. with my career. And no, and I, I, I was just going to say. Did you love the company for 11 years? Or well, I was almost thinking, when you were saying it, I was like, were you waiting for the company that you love to reemerge? It, it's to possible. To reappear. Essentially, for both of us, we're both now in the dead of summer, mm -hmm. uh, jobless. Mm -hmm. <laughs> both of us freelancing a little. Mm -hmm. Rebecca is writing from her awesome website, <laughs> the right meaning that we should all go visit of course right <laughs> um and i'm doing some freelancing work uh ironically for um my old company 
just to help them get over the hump. But you're I'm also, way too kind. I, but <laughs> that's because you, you you didn't walk out the door like I did. I will say that it was really hard for me to leave. And I don't know. I've been really trying to figure out why. There's the fair amount of anger as well. Like, so it feels to me, because I want to transition into what this feels like. I'll admit that I think I was probably a little bit asleep at my career wheel. If, mm-hmm. if your wheel is a boat that you're driving. I don't know why it's a boat. But I was a little asleep. It's always about boats. (laughs) It was on cruise control, you know, and I was happy. Right. With the people that I was working with and with the work that I was doing and with the products that I was supporting. I was really surprised by how hard it was for me mentally because, I mean, it's just a job. Why was I so sad? And so I've been having to ask myself a lot of questions about, you know, how do I stop caring about this thing that I that I help build? Because mm-hmm. I kind of do feel like an, a little bit. And we started when the company was much smaller. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of felt like a family for a while, mm-hmm. you know. So it, it, it's hard. And how do I stop caring about that? And and what's next? And where do I want to go? And maybe the most Simon-esque question of all is what is my why? Right. It's been really challenging being like the first week it was like, oh, I'm just on vacation. And now I'm kind of like, wow, I'm really I, I kind of feel a little bit like, what day is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a little lost. Um, and of course, dealing with my own personality issues as an INFJ, I struggle with I, I have to have a schedule. I'm much better when I schedule my time. Mm-hmm. I actually get more done. So as a freelancer, I have to be a lot more rigid about, OK, so from this time to this time, this is when I'm working and. Otherwise, it's like, oh, because I have a healthy procrastination streak. I'll just, I'm going to do this now, and then I'll do that later. And yeah, later becomes 11 Mm o'clock. So (laughs) I have to schedule my time, which is a learning process for me. What does it feel like for you to be home? You've been home a lot longer than I have. I have since the beginning of June. I've been busy since I've been um, doing some of the blog writing and also just hanging out in the summer and just having a fun summer. Um... And then I'm also, you know, just saying, okay, what do I want to do? What do I want to be when I grow up? And um, I fell into corporate communications in some ways. I go back to, you know, I was always art and writing, but I was too pragmatic to actually go with, like, creative writing, even though everyone said, well, you should be a writer or an artist, and this is, you should be one of those people. Um, so I went, my major was professional writing. I got, I'm sure I told you this, I got two internship offers, and one was at Honeywell, and one was at the Women's Press. Did I tell you this, Safer? I didn't know that. So, so first of all, so I'm like this, you know, crazy, you know, shaved head girl in college, and um, I was probably, I was super creative. I was in the artist studio all the time and doing printmaking. And I had, you know, my, my professors are all like, you know, my college professors are like, you're going to write a book within the next two years, you know? So I had all these creative people expecting wow. all this creative stuff from me. But I was like, oh, my parents are scientists. I need to have a job that's going to pay the bills. So studio art professional writing so then I get to this the crossroads you really say a crossroads in life and um Honeywell giant corporation women's press small publication that writes about all sorts of fun things and the type of people that are going to work at those two environments you got the suits Mm -hmm. and you got the you got the people with their 
you know, their dreads and their super, you know. Wow. So what a crazy decision. And, and of course, super pragmatic. I went with the one that paid me. Sure. But a lot of times I think back and I go, if I had stayed at the women's press or if I had done that, if I'd gone to the women's press, I probably, yeah, I probably would have written a book. I probably would be, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm overestimating my talent, but exhibiting in galleries. You know, this is, this is what my classmates and my professors expected out of me. But I went down this path, and then I got this job, and, you know, I got good at it. And then I found another job, and I got good at it, and I got another job, and I got good at it. Because in some ways, I was always, I always just fed into what, people thought I was good at. Hmm. I was almost a biology major in college at one point because the professor's like, you are really good at this. We need more women in science. And I think I literally thought about it for like, you know, a month. And then I'm like, I don't want to go into science. It's not my heart. But so, so I, I had this, I had this creative crossroads and I went down this very, very corporate path. Yep. And so now I'm like, maybe I need to take a step back and see, pretend that I went down the other path and pretend like um, maybe I can be an illustrator when I grow up. Maybe I can do these sorts of things. Um, maybe I can actually write children's books and I won't feel like, well, I need to go to and have a real job and eight to five. So I'm making a good salary. Um, I may end up going back to that, but right now I feel like I need to, you know, kind of follow this path that I kind of erased out when I went down. You know, I was querying books when I was 11 years old. That's amazing. So I actually had some held when I was, I I had one book that was actually held by a a trade publication, by an education Uh, press when I was 11 years old. You could totally do that. You'd be so great so, at it. So so it's just kind of like I'm 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 giving myself some time. Absolutely. To say, you know, I'm going to put together my illustrator portfolio. I'm going to, you know, go back and work on some of my random books and make them less complicated because <laughs> that's my thing. <laughs> I love that idea of how you kind of fell into it because I feel like I did the same thing. And I was listening to, I can't remember who it was, and they were talking about that phenomenon where you wake up one day and you're like, how did I get here? Mm -hmm. And you just really feel lost. Mm -hmm. And I suppose some people might call it the midlife crisis. Some Mm -hmm. people call it career 2.0, like Mm -hmm. when you decide to go in another direction. And their response was that it was a bunch of those little micro decisions that we make along the way that take us further and further away from where we thought we would be or where right. we, where we had envisioned because of whatever reasons that were going on at the time. Right. And I, what I love about your story is that you, you acknowledge that you made that, that it was a huge decision to make. Like I'm going in this direction or I'm going in this direction. I don't know that I thought about it, but, but you probably didn't. Yeah. You didn't, think but about I've been it thinking about it for decades. Sure. That, that, um, that you left that part of you behind a little bit. That and yeah, and um, that I made the choice to be a grown up. Right. And it's rare that you can. It's all these little choices, but I really feel like there is, from a profession standpoint, that there is one moment, and for me, that is that mm-hmm. moment. I think that's what is kind of rare. Is I go. It's not like I was choosing between interning an internship at Honeywell and at Cargill. You know, right. same path. No, yeah, it was it's the just, same thing. It was just like really, really 
That's a very, very, you should, you should write about that. That's fascinating. No, I get it. That's amazing. I struggled a lot with trying to figure out what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. when I, I didn't know if I went back way back to the beginning, I was always as a kid writing stories. Mm -hmm. I used to write plays for my friends to perform all the time. Mm -hmm. And, and I was drawing and creating and I was really into music. I also had some very pragmatic influences in my life who encouraged me to get a degree that would actually pay money mm-hmm. and and not indulge in this art thing. So I didn't. I went to school and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So at first I was like undecided and then I was pre-med because I thought medicine is really interesting. And, and then I decided I didn't want to go to school for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So I quit. And so I kind of bounced around and did some other stuff. And then I finally went back to school for business. And I ended up falling into marketing and design only because at some point in my 20s, I got into web design, Mm -hmm. like teaching myself how to do HTML because I was bored at home at Mm -hmm. night. And then I started helping people create websites. And then and I started re-emerging myself into that art thing that Mm -hmm. I used to like to do. Mm -hmm. And I got a job. Someone gave me a job in communications. Mm-hmm. And I, I have kind of kept moving forward with that ever mm-hmm. since. Little blips here and there. But I don't feel like I actually planned it. I have family members who knew what they wanted to be from the time they were mm-hmm. little kids. I was never one of those people. Yeah. And so now I look at this and I go, well, now the possibilities are endless. But there's that little pragmatic part of my brain that's going, but this is what you're trained to do. And so you should mm-hmm. probably just get a job and do that. Right. Because it'll pay the bills. Right. Yeah. I, I actually <clears throat> wanted to be, well, like you, I think I wanted to be a, yeah, I wanted to be a writer and an artist. That's, that's what I always wanted to be. I wrote my, yeah, I mean, I wrote a 120 page typed book when I was 11 years old. That's amazing to me. Of course you did. Cause you're Brilliant, but no, I, 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 I have to find it on some floppy disk somewhere. But well, that's you'd how have to have it. a thing to read the floppy oh, disk. Well, we oh, I'm sure you do. Oh, of course, Greg has it. So, um, I, I should say also, I didn't regret going down the um, corporate communications path. Yep. There were days that were hard, but beyond that, for the most part. It was good. You know, I'd go to work, I'd provide value, I'd get to write, I'd get to, I mean, in the original, I was doing, beginning, I was doing design, I was, I was doing stuff, I was creating stuff, Yep. I was making, I was wowing people with what I created, and it was some great affirmation. So it was a really, really good, it was a great, it was a great career. Right. And... I was happy. It was great working with you, and it was, we had this great partnership, and you know, just it was fabulous. Yep. And if if the company wasn't acquired, right, different story. And then I would still be there. And chances are, maybe I'll jump into another very similar position. But for right now, I'm just saying I'm going to give myself some time to say. Is this going to work? Otherwise, if I never give myself the time, then I'll be like, oh, but I could have been super famous. Not that it's about famous. It's about just fulfilling your own needs and yeah. passions. Well, and I think, too, that there's just something about we're both over 40. I can say that, right? Mm-hmm. But no, <laughs> I got a card that said I just turned 30. <laughs> but now's the time to do it. Right. Because as we get older and you get another job and you get, you know, getting laid off over 50 is brutal. Right. Personally, I'm like, people are working 
later mm-hmm. into their lives. And so I kind of feel like that line should be shifting a little bit, but companies mm-hmm. are slow to remember things they're slow to, mm-hmm. to change things. And so there is a part of me that's like, I have to figure this out before a certain age, or mm-hmm. I feel like this, there's this time clock mm-hmm. on how long I have to figure out my stuff and what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so there's a little bit of extra pressure. And I think part of that is just too, that I, like you, I spent time collaborating and working towards a different goal, not towards my own personal creative goals. And Mm -hmm. so to be completely honest, aside from when I was a child, I don't really create for myself Mm -hmm. very often. So I did my day planners. That was a huge thing when I first started doing that for myself. And so I feel like I do need to spend some time creating for myself. Mm -hmm. But also I... I know about myself too. I think that I am, I really want people, I want to help people succeed at something. Mm -hmm. That's what I really get excited about. Like helping them take their, whatever it is Mm -hmm. and make it something tangible that they can go out and that they're excited to use and sell and do whatever it is with it. And so I, I yeah, you need, you, you like that um, collaboration, which is not necessarily something you're, you're, uh, you'd get by sitting around and freelancing well freelancing or being an artist <laughs> right or, or a right. writer because that that's just that is kind of a very much of a silo thing and you just go into your deep dark space and then you you emerge at some point and you're like i have i have greatness <laughs> who did that lady gaga did that she slept in an egg for like she lived in an egg for three months or something, and then she came out and had all her... Anyway, whatever. But you're right. I Are you just thinking about the video? No, like, she <laughs> actually did it. She actually did it. I, I read that anyway. Anyway. Yeah. No, she's... She's 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 very creative. She's very smart. Oh, all she, of those she's really... Got, she's, she's got a good story, too. Oh, so. well, and... All of those really, really talented people are... They all have the ability to go and do crazy things, and everyone's like... Oh, and I think if I lived in an egg for three months, y'all would have me committed because I'm not that brilliant. But, but is it, <laughs> it's not it's not brilliance. It's just it's just some people aren't so great at being alone with their thoughts. And I do this as a writer, too. Like I there's there's a part of me that thinks that if I just had a quiet place to write, that I would write the novel that would get published. Right. The reality is not <laughs> that is not the case. That's an excuse in my writer brain and my procrastinating writer brain. Mm-hmm. But there was a guy who actually did it. And he went out and he lived in this cabin mm-hmm. and he had planned to live there for a year while he wrote because he thought this was what he needed to do as right. a writer. Right. And within six months, he was complete. He thought he was losing his mind. Right. Because he w- we are built for human connection. Right. And, and so I, I think he was telling stories about how he's breaking into people's houses. And I feel like one of the one of my whys or one of the success factors to whether or not I feel fulfilled my feel feel fulfilled in what I'm doing is if I feel like I am helping someone achieve something that they could not achieve without mm-hmm. my assistance. So it feels hard. Maybe it's the summary for how does <laughs> how does this feel? It's weird. It's like limbo. It feels like limbo. Mm-hmm. Would you say that? I feel like um, for me, it's just kind of planning for what's next. And um, you, your your point earlier about believing that if you just had some time and you know you could write the best book or so for me this is kind of like well yeah I felt like that I have many projects in forever and and so here I'm I'm challenging myself and saying okay you can have time 
you can have time to do this. If it doesn't work out, then move on. Give it up, girl. I like it. Well, I like that you're giving yourself that time. I would like to take it. I'm struggling with that a little bit. Well, and and it's hard, too, I think, depending on your personality. Like, I can wake up every day and say, okay, well, here's my important work. You know, I'm going to work on this drawing, and I'm going to spend all my time working on this drawing. And then if I'm tired of working on that drawing, I'm going to go and work on this writing project. And if I'm tired of doing that, so it's always working. I mean, like, my job right now is to figure out if I'm going to do this. So I, I am very, very, very focused. I'm not a procrastinator. So it's easy for me to say, I'm going to do it. This is my job. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to work on this. I'm going to get it done. I am blessed with. That's great. The, though. I mean, I'm just, I've never been a procrastinator. That's awesome though. And I, I have to schedule my time yeah. in order to do it. I was listening to uh, actually Mel Robbins talk about how we all have the, the we all have this habit of hesitating mm-hmm. when so we have an idea or a thing that we want to do and we hesitate and when we hesitate the lizard part of your brain goes oh why are they hesitating that must mean danger and so then they start shooting warning signals to the rest mm-hmm. of your body that mm-hmm. hesitation means danger you should stop don't mm-hmm. do it mm-hmm. her solution for that is to count backwards from five mm-hmm. and when you get to one just do it. Mm-hmm. So you stop hesitating. And so mm-hmm. I've been practicing that with my procrastination techniques. Like, Does it work? It does, actually. The challenge with freelancing while you're doing this, of course, is that it's always easier to do somebody else's work than it is to do your own. Right. It's absolutely true. <laughs> so that's where the scheduling comes in. Just saying, mm-hmm. okay, from this time every day, this is what I'm going to be doing. And I'm not going to work after these hours. And But it's a challenge. So... So, so you set a goal and then you've, you're just, just taking just, daily steps to, to get yeah. there. So it's just, it's just being very focused and deliberate and moving forward. That's awesome. So any resources that you have found to help you with this or you just, is it just all sheer determination? Sheer determination. Sheer determination. Um, yeah, I'm just, well, um, there are. I mean, obviously, the the Society of Children's Book Writers. Ah, yes, SCBWI. Yes, SCBWI. So I um, rejoined, and they have a you know in their big book, they have some yep. suggestions as to how to put together your illustrator po- portfolio. I think I told you I applied for the illustrator mentorship. There's a lot I want to accomplish, so it's, yeah. it feels like it would be a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just from a just kind of what I want to learn. Cool. We'll see. Have you given yourself a time frame for this exploration period? I think um, it will probably become clear after um, my daughter goes back to school. Ah. Because I didn't get as much done in the summer from a creative standpoint than I probably wanted. Wanted. Um, also depends on if I continue to get freelance blogging stuff. How about you? The first thing that I had to do was spend some time, like I think I've alluded to it already, really thinking through some big questions. And mm-hmm. so I did actually start seeing a therapist to help me with that. And that's been really helpful. The other thing I had to do because I was in a job, I think there was some part of my brain that really just thought that I was going to work there forever mm-hmm. and I would never need to update my resume or my portfolio ever, ever again, because that's hard and I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I had to spend time really digging through that. And, you know, the job market is a completely different place now mm-hmm. than it was before. I'm feeling a lot more pressure now to 
to get all the keywords right. And mm-hmm. so I've, um, there's this company I'm, I paid money for it called job scan that helps you that basically scans the job description and then scans your resume and will help you figure out what keywords are missing mm-hmm. from your resume. And also, um, if you can put in the URL of the job description and it will tell you what applicant tracking system that the company is using and how the algorithms of that tracking system work. So you can figure out what you need to, to make sure that you show up in their mm-hmm. searches when the mm-hmm. HR people are looking, which is because applicant, this is not something that's going away. You're like, mm-hmm. we're all going to have to deal with it. So I've been doing that, but updating my resume was hard. And I, if there's anybody who's struggling with that, I, I think the thing that helped me the most was that I actually sat down to write my resume. I'm like, okay, I'm going to update my resume. Of course, I had something from before, but it was like old school. And mm-hmm. and, and mine probably still isn't as, as more modern as it should be. It's kind of a weird halfway in between space right now. But, but I remember sitting there and just like, I don't know where to start. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. I have to rebrand myself for the next position that I want. Mm -hmm. And my old resume was really just kind of a, here's what I've done before. And it was really kind of felt like hitting a brick wall. Mm -hmm. After I freaked out for a while, I spent some time, I decided that I was going to write, just use, use that frustration to write things out. And so I started with my very first job out of college and I wrote about how I got the job and what I feel like my how I grew and what I learned there. And so I just started to write my story, my mm-hmm. career story, because writing kind of helps you remember stuff mm-hmm. that you forgot. Like, oh, I forgot. Mm-hmm. Look at how much I've grown and look at what I learned there. And that's cool. And then from there, I actually, because I'm a pack rat, have 15 years worth of performance reviews. Mm-hmm. So I started reading through them from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And that was also really actually empowering. And, mm-hmm. and it was a nice reminder of like, oh, these are the projects I did while I was working at that company 15 mm-hmm. years ago, which all helped to, to kind of craft a new resume. It's still under construction, but we'll see. And, and I'm doing the freelancing thing, and I'm also just spending a lot of time trying new things yep. and allow myself to play a little bit because I'm not right. very good at doing that for myself. Right. It's weird not having a job. Yeah, are you you're getting okay with it though? I am. You know, For here's now. the thing. I I don't know if I'm allowed to admit it. I kind of like being at home, but I, I would admit I'm only a couple of weeks in. Mm-hmm. So, if we were talking about this two months from now, I might be going crazy. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that period of time would have helped. Will have helped me clarify mm-hmm. my intentions right. or what it is that I should be doing or wanting right. to do. And so I kind of feel like I'm maybe we're in two different stages of that discovery process. Right. I don't know what it was like for you the first couple of weeks that you were at home. Did you feel? No. No. I mean, you were because, but you also left under completely different circumstances. I, I was in the process of quitting my job for right. a very long time. So, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think, I don't know if there's a lot of wisdom in there, but I think it feels like we're just both spending some time allowing ourselves to be curious. Yes. About what's next. If you feel stuck, maybe the answer is you just have to spend some time allowing and if you need a job I actually you know need cash coming in and there is more pressure for me to Mm -hmm. spend less time exploring and more time doing Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to find the happy medium money's good money is good and you're I mean you're kind of blog writing I mean you're bringing in cash too with the blogging and yeah 
Yeah. If I hire the right meaning. (laughs) She's awesome. (laughs) I think that's it. We just we were going through some transitions and we thought it might be interesting to talk about. We certainly aren't the first people over 40 to ever um, not have jobs. But I feel like it's an interesting place in my life. Mm -hmm. Interesting choices to make. Mm-hmm. And I'm super excited about learning all this new stuff about you, like this choice that you made between Honeywell and the women's press. And I think, and that just makes my writer brain go, what if you had chosen the women's right. press? You know how many times I've gone down that path? And I would be, I can say 100%, I would be a completely different person. I would be a completely different person. And, I know. And isn't that, like, isn't that, like, I, and I know if I had gone to art school, I probably would be a completely different person yep. as well. Yep. And I just, like, sometimes I think about the alternate alternate reveal yeah yeah that might be an interesting exercise to do right i could have met you through greg right but i don't who knows if i would have met greg right well that's the thing because i'd be married to a hippie (laughs) hippie. so it's just so interesting to me to think but even as an exercise of trying to figure out what it is that you want like if you can pinpoint that particular decision like you can and that might be an interesting fictional uh, creative writing exercise for me to play around with well and i think i think the interesting thing too is you know yeah i i had made this pivot but would i necessarily be a happier person well that's no. a good question no like, i mean I, I mean but in general i think i'm a happy sure. like happy laughing smiling person sure. you know you that's absolutely are. that's that's i'm just a you know i i feel like i'm you know, optimistic and filled with a, you know, I, I do feel like I, I have joy about life in general. You know, it's the, the playfulness and the excitement about the stupid things. And and so maybe I could even say if I took that path, would I be more cynical? Would I would I think that would I be more creative? Would would I be would I be like the you know, kind of that mournful artist who's like bemoaning everything? So creatively, that could have been a great decision. And that's, I go back and go, okay, well, I would have gone on this really fun path where this, this, and this would have happened. But the, the consequences of making that choice, yeah, I would have had this great creativity. But, you know, when I was like full on, I had a lot of angst, you know, when, no, I, when, I, as, when I was truly sure. all in on, on being an artist and in sure. college because I wasn't sleeping. So that could have fed that. And, and maybe I wouldn't be as happy of a person, you know, That's or a really content, interesting idea. content of a person. So. Because I think when we look back at that kind of stuff, we have a tendency to think the grass would have been greener if I had just done this. You're absolutely right. It is not necessarily true. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm a happy person. I'm, life is good. So I jump, jump back into a good work environment and good work people. Right. I'm doing exactly the same thing. I'm, I'm sure I'd be content and happy. But that's an interesting way to look at it. Like, don't look back at your life decision, your past life decision or your career crossroads that you had in the past with wistfulness for what could have mm-hmm. been. But more as a as a guide, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or what is it that interested you back then? Or what, what was your passion? And mm-hmm. maybe you can find a way to incorporate that into what's next. Yeah. And I, I do think it's important. Uh, this is very aspirational, I know. But to live your what in life in a way that you won't regret the choices that you make. You know, so I... And even, even if you get a few steps beyond, you just need to say, what's done is done. Right. And I can't regret the choice that I made because I did the best. I made the best choice that I thought in that moment. 
And if it really bugs you enough, then then loop back and figure out maybe how you can get back to whatever choice you skipped to, um, you know, to, you know, make up with whoever or, you know, decide that you want to be a children's book illustrator when you're 47 years <laughs> That's old. That's okay. Well, I now's the but now's the time to do it, right? Somebody just reminded me this the other day that that forgiveness maybe it's not forgiveness, but it's something about giving up the hope that the past could be any different. Oh, I love that. Like your past is your past. Right. You can't change it. So the only thing you can do is figure out how to move forward. Right. Which I think is a perfect yeah. way to end this podcast. So sadly, I don't have the exact quote, but we'll <laughs> put it in the notes. But it's something along those lines. Like you have to give so up. So we just the, need to put sick. <laughs> just give up the hope that the past could be any different. I love it. Because you'll be better off. Yes, right? absolutely. Stop, stop regretting. So I think that's all that we had to talk about, about being on our creative crossroads. Right. Our podcast is in a little uh, crossroads as well. Although it's not as serious. It is having an identity crisis. It is having, yeah, right. It is having an identity crisis because we've discovered over the last seven, eight episodes now that we really, really like talking about it being introverts. We do. A lot. We do. And that we kind of frame all of our discussions or how we think about things from the viewpoint of what it's, uh, of the introvert's brain. Yeah. Well, it can't be any different. Because that's how we think. Although sometimes I, I talk about it like I'm a cat. (laughs) <laughs> that would be an awesome podcast <laughs> Rebecca interviews cats it's like now you're like Dory sorry um, you finding Dory you know no, she talks it. to I the whales it. and I'm like will you so, okay sorry I can't do it but um, so we're changing the name of our podcast yes we are so the next time that you Download our podcast. It will no longer, after this one, it will no longer be called Com Capers, but... The Introvert 360! Yay! Yay! And our intention with that name is just to communicate that we are looking at... All things introvert. All things introvert. So stand in a circle. Yep. In your introverted circle. Yep. Not like... Circle of safety. Yeah, not like an inverted... Any belly button, because that's where I go with that. So I didn't even. That's okay. Like an introverted belly. I get it. I get it. Anyways, so you're an Audi. So you stand in your circle and you look around, and that's the introvert 360. It's how you view your world. Yes. It's like introvert colored glasses. And and, but maybe we'll just try to collect 360 listeners and cut them off. Like after that, nobody else. I would be ecstatic if we had 360 listeners. Oh, we totally do. I had had 360,000. Also, I you know coming full circle. Uh Uh We've got some really exciting discussions about uh, hiring. Mm-hmm. Introvert getting get interviewing, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is hard for introverts. Yep. And um, there's an introvert networking podcast, and we've got some other things coming up. So next time you hear from us will be the Introvert 360, and we look forward to hearing from you then. Our new website will be introvert360.com. Of course, comcapers.com will be routed, so you should be able to get to it no matter where you are. We are also on Twitter and Facebook, so mm-hmm. please check us out and... Enjoy! And have some cake.